is Waffle On Podcast. Welcome to this Halloween edition of Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mark Kelly. But why did you say it like Halloween? Uh, I'll tell you the reason why. <laughs> is it I doing forgot, you more? <laughs> I, I forgot what month we're in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's, a, it's a Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yes. It's, um, it's the end we of the week. We've fallen into bits <laughs> on the radio. It's the, <laughs> it's the working week. Uh, we're both rather tired. And I've once again, no surprise there, Cal. I was going to say that you, you with a cold, with your reputation. With my reputation, but uh, we are going out for a curry after this, aren't we? And uh, make you feel better or worse. Um, well, I'm I'm, uh, I'm aiming for a gingery, garlicky kind of one. So hopefully that'll help my cold. Because tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, I've got uh, James Bond. Um, <laughs> yeah. After see Skyfall at three o'clock at the Electric Cinema Birmingham, quality cinema, I think. You know, and also going to the Birmingham Beer Festival, in which I will get royally drunk. So. Um, I hope you're too drunk. Um, <laughs> I'm really not going to feel too great. Uh, but how are you? I'm all right. How was your holiday in Barbados? Barbados was class. Was I can tell you, rum punch and reggae are a great combination. I'm, I'm, I'm sensing a hint for your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> not that we're going to go to Barbados. Are you taking me to Barbados for my birthday? <laughs> Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. I'm sure Natalie will be there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm already going to Australia on, on my own. I can't push it too much. Um, yeah, so glad. I, I uh, went and saw um, Roger Moore. Oh, yeah, you would. Uh, you would tell, I heard a bit of him on um, the radio yesterday, and mm. you were saying he was, he, he's still brilliant, but he's a bit dodgery now. And What's I didn't know what you meant until I heard him speak for an hour. Yeah. And he's like, and, you know, because you know, he's 80 hard, and I hope, I'm that, I hope I'm that sentient to 85. Mm. But he, he's like, get on with it. <laughs> yeah, he is a bit. But I mean, he's got a twinkle in his eye, and I had a front row seat in the middle, uh, two, uh, three seats away from his stalker, as it turned out. Who was uh, this old woman who kept going, I Roger, I was there. And you think, oh, shut up. You Did you look imitated by it? No, no, can't you professional. professional. But when he stood up to say goodbye, as he was desperately trying to leave the stage, she was waving a camera at him. She's going to every single one of his shows, which I think by the time this comes out, maybe they'll over now. Uh, and you can see he was going, oh, no, no, not you again, you know. And um, the worst thing is, as well, her mobile phone went off halfway through. Was it jazz band theme tune? No, it yeah. wasn't. It was just something irritating. Yeah. But part of me thought, I wonder if you've done that deliberately to get attention. To get attention. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, his wife, he, Roger Moore's wife, looked good for her age as well. Must have been. She was sitting just a few seats away. I um, was she about sixty? Yeah, uh, seventy. I know you were saying it on the radio yesterday. He went out for lunch with Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> oh my God! Can you imagine that? <laughs> Roger Moore thinking, "Oh jeez, look at his jokes again." <laughs> yeah. He is the worst thing on Strictly Come Down to about a shadow. Oh, ain't that a, ain't that a blasphemy to say that? If you watch that, no, no, not really. No, because I don't know anybody who sits there thinking, "Oh, Bruce, you're so funny." And I tell you what, he's quite rough with Test Daily. Really, when he gets grabs hold of it. But um, who wouldn't want to be a bit yeah. rough with Test Daily? Anyway, we don't mean, mention what we do. We're not even mentioning anything. <laughs> we're talking about Waffle Arm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, now what are we talking about, Cal? 
we talk about the Evil Dead trilogy. Mm. But let's be honest, we've just been having a little bit of a chat before this. It is the trilogy, but most likely it'll be Evil <coughs> Dead 2 we talk about when it. Let's be honest about it. I think so, yeah. Just because of, if you know the films, you, you, you understand why. Well, there's 18 pages on this script. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or script to say the thing that we uh, go for. But what we're going to do, we're going to play the trailer. Um, we might play the odd clip, but because we're talking about the trilogy, it's a bit hard not to. At the end of the day, we can't stress enough that you should really go out and see Evil Dead trilogy if you've not seen it. Um, the first one um, is brilliant, as I will talk about when we get to it. The second one's generally actually a remake of the first yeah, one. So, yeah. What everyone says it is. It the is. third one's a commercial yeah, uh, yeah. film. A bit like the Mad Max. I, suppose, I, I think that's a really good analogy that is actually because sort of uh, Mad Max 2 is a far superior film than Mad Max I don't care what anyone anyone and wants to get in touch with me on this book and argue <laughs> yeah. that Mad Max 1 is better than Mad Max 2 mm. it's just not is it no. in any way and it's sort of the you know it's the film that he had in the idea from one but didn't have the budget yeah. it's happened a lot with things there's been a lot of films sort of like that hasn't there oh absolutely yeah, yeah. I mean well, I think we're going to do Mad Max aren't we next year well, yeah, because I'm a massive Mad Max fan. Yeah. I actually, I, I'm not too bothered about Thunderdome. Yeah, but, I don't own any Mad Max films. I've got Mad Max too. That's me. That's all you bloody need, innit? Uh, yeah. Should we have a little bit of housekeeping before we crack on with the show? Go on, then. Okay, uh, a, a few shout-outs here um, for people uh, who've recently been in touch with us. Uh, Gavin O'Reilly, Heather Coe, Nigel Bromley, or Nigel, uh, John Bunyan, Brian Finley, Mark McHugh, and from oh Jeff uh, Waddell, um, who's, who, pun- uh, <laughs> yeah. who posts. Sorry, I was just about to say Ponzi's. Ponzi's on Facebook. Ponzi's on Facebook. He posts quite a bit on Facebook, and uh, he's just put up something. I just read on my phone before I turned it off about um, a citizen first doing adverts from the uh, from TV when we were growing up. So what I suggested was people post that on Facebook and put some clips up on Facebook I've never watched anything live I record everything and fast forward <laughs> uh, we got a few uh, comments from iTunes unfortunately I'm not going to read them out because uh, I ran out of time last night I was in a meeting last night um, but thank you to Snoop Mug um, Snoop Dog Snoop Mug uh, I love <laughs> who, Snoop Dog who, who, who will be <laughs> no don't <laughs> Don't have for don't ask for that, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, he put basically put on iTunes was great podcast, um, really enjoy it, keep it up to And uh, Gavlat nineteen seventy three UK, who wrote the exact similar words to Gavin O'Reilly. <laughs> so uh, Gavin, I know that's you. So thank you for your kind words. Um, we really do appreciate iTunes reviews because they do kind of bump us up a little bit in a way. If we're not doing too bad, we we was in the top one hundred not oh. long ago. Did we ever find out what that strange comment was where someone said? Great show, not my words, top gear. I think it was what you said. But, it was um, from Alan Partridge. No one's told us though, so <laughs> hopefully if you still listen to the show. Because I remember my wife was looking at it the other day, so what's that yeah. mean? I said, we don't know. Uh, we've been nominated in the European Podcast Awards as well. Uh, I didn't put us in this year, which is what I did last year, so someone's nominated for us, oh. thank you. Although I have a suspicion that it's probably the European Podcast Awards themselves, who if you've been nominated before, they nominate you again. Yeah, um, all for all for, all for uh, bursting our balloon, aren't you? Well, I've got to be realistic. <laughs> um, so if you want to go and vote for... I mean, Anthony James, our mate Anthony from Scottcast, but, vote, you know, he put a good thing on there. He's not going to vote for anyone because there's so many people who get on these things. He doesn't know who to choose. And, and rightly so at the end of the day. But if you want to vote for us, the link's on Facebook. I'm not going to bombard everyone with on the email thing or, or on Facebook constantly. If you want to vote for us, that's fantastic. A um, little bit of an advertisement here. We do have a donate button on the uh, actual Podbean site, which is... a uh, uh, Podbean dot, pod, uh, uh, you're getting all uh, confused uh, yeah. I thought you said we're going to have a donut a donut yeah it's at uh, waffle on dot and if you want to send us a dollar or a pound or a euro is that worth anything these days 
Or a shekel. We'll have or a shekel, yeah. Anything, uh, uh, anything, just a pound, I think. Just throw it into the old donate button. You know how PayPal works. It goes for that. Uh, that would be great. So, Kel, uh, what should we do before we do the show? I don't know. You forgot, haven't you? Oh, yeah. We played the... Well, we play a theme tune. Well, I was going to say, I asked you this yesterday. Are we going to play a theme? You said, well, there ain't really one. So you're just going to play the track sort of. Right then, let's yeah. do it. Let's, as if that bit never happened. I'm not going to cut it out either. No, no. Let's as if that bit never happened. Let's go back in time. Go on. Cal, what do we do before we carry on with the show? We play the theme tune straight trailer. Ooh. I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods, and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. your girlfriend you take care of her Well placed, cut down, put a coffee there, right? I was gonna, I was gonna, I was just gonna leave you hanging there. For a little bit. Are, you going, are you gonna start? Uh, Evil Dead uh, trailer there. Um, the trouble is with with these kind of trailers, with any kind of horror film, is because a lot of it is sound effects because you're seeing a lot of uh, blood and gore going on. Now, I've just seen the uh, the remake of Evil Dead trailer this I know, morning. I haven't, and I have been told about. I haven't saw it because I really don't want to see. It, but you were saying it's actually not bad. It's not bad. Effects look really good in it. Um, yeah. Same kind of. Ooh, it's not CG, does it look CGI or does it look a bit. Doesn't look CGI. It doesn't, so that's no, a little bit of makeup. A little bit of Dario Argento comes to mind when I look at it. Mm. But you'll see that when you get to see it. But if, we, if I do remember and we do get time, I will stick the trailer on for the new uh, version of this film at the end. So, uh, this was directed and written by Sam Raimi when he was good, uh, produced by Robert mm-hmm. Tapper. Of course, it's starring Bruce Campbell, Ellen Sandwise, Hal Hedrick, Betsy Baker, and Sarah York. Music was done by the brilliant Joseph DeLuca, uh, Loduca, and edited by Edna Ruth Paul. Uh, it was distributed by New Line Cinema and the studio Renaissance Pictures. It came out on October the 15th, 1981, that was when the premiere was, uh, but commercially released April the 15th, 1983. It runs at 85 minutes, depending on which version you get. 
Because <clears throat> it's such a long time from when it was premiered to when it came out. That show. <clears throat> well, you got the all the the problems with the censorship and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, the budget was two hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars. It's crazy that that is crazy because that's still a market budget then, wasn't it? Mm. Like, wow, must have been a lot of money then. No, it wasn't. No, it really wasn't because the talk about the thing was you know the thing was eighty three, mm. and the talk about that was low budget, and that was uh, that was ten million dollars. Yeah, that was low budget, and that was low budget. You're kidding me? Yeah, really? it was low budget film. Yeah, <clears> because it was an outside the studio. That's ten. 10, and like Escape from New York was like five million dollars, and they were like they were seen as ultra budget. And you thinking that's not even that's not even half a million dollars. Do you know how long Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn have been together? It's a ridiculous long time, isn't it? Because it was before um, it was before he did the Elvis film. I know that. Yeah. Was it, is it about thirty five years? Twenty nine. Mm. It was after the and they're not even married, are they? Nope, they're not happy. Uh, yeah. Goldie Horn was on Desert Island Discs this week. Yeah, very and happy together. They have an open, a bit of an open relationship. <clears> and they don't, as long as they, as long as they don't, as long as they care for, don't they, and tell each other, yeah. they can do what they want, can't they? Yeah. And he's done them all right, isn't he? Tom Jones. Yeah, there's another one like that, isn't it? It's just been goes with the business, doesn't it? Really? Although, right, are, right. are you listening, wives? <laughs> <laughs> no, I couldn't handle that. Do I was with you. I've gone off her since Brian Bunny. <laughs> and you know the reason why. Let's not go into that. <laughs> look it up, girl. Look it up, everyone. Okay, well, before we go into that, we'll talk about the actors here. So Bruce Campbell plays Ash uh, Williams, Ashley Williams, otherwise known as Ash. Uh, he's, of course, the last survivor in this film. Now, Bruce Lorne Campbell, what a name. Lorne? Lorne, as in Lorne Green. Uh, born uh, June the 22nd, 1958. American film and TV actor, director, director writer, producer, and author. Um, he is most well known as well apart from these films for being in Crime Wave Maniac Cop Bubba Hotep which is the one we play with uh, Escape from LA Sundown uh, The Vampire in Retreat and uh, he would later spoof his B-movie career in uh, My Name is Bruce in which he starred and directed um, he's also done stuff like Warrior uh, Xena Warrior Princess Hercules oh yeah no, um, I mean, stuff, and, uh, and the one thing that of course his lead role was in uh, The Adventures of and the and what he's in as well he's in the big American series Burn Notice mm. You know, not yeah. my cup of char, no, but I, I, he's supposed to be really. I know someone who watched it said he's the best thing in it. Oh yeah, well he's Campbell in it. Yeah, but the weird thing is that you, you know, in, in the Evil Dead, the pun is the star in it. But when you when you watch that film, he's not the star in it. Not in the first one. No, he's really not. Is it? That's why I think that is sort of put on afterwards that he's the star because mm. remember when I first saw that you know because I saw the Evil Dead 2 first before I saw the first yeah, one and I thought oh I can't wait to see what Bruce Campbell's like in it and he's like a proper peripheral figure isn't he well, he's, isn't a, he? he's a real coward in the first yeah. one I think uh, Ellen Sunrose uh, she plays Cheryl Williams Ash's younger sister and the old and the odd woman out of the group she's the first to suspect the danger in the surroundings of the cabin and the first to be possessed her deadite serves as the main antagonist of the film now Ellen Born December 30th, 1958. Uh, no, definitely known as a B-movie actress. She also performed in music theatre as a dancer and, of course, as a pop singer. And in a one-woman one uh, show of Jewish music. Uh, quite, that's all right, but um, fair play. Uh, Betsy Baker uh, played Linda. Richard McDermott played uh, Scotty, who was the main character. In yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. And Teresa Tilly as Shirley uh, uncredited is Bob Dorian as the voice of the recorder uh, I think Bob Dorian is a well known voiceover artist in, a, in America especially mm-hmm. in the 80s so shall we talk about the film go on the short film Within the Woods was made as a prototype to help convince possible investors to fund The Evil Dead he starred Bruce Campbell and Ellen Sunrise I found that what? the other day in my um, library <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what you, uh, the thing is that kind of thing was quite common because we, we sort of talked about this when we did Bad Taste with it. Mm. he was doing all test films wasn't he mm. and then putting them out 
you know, the, the, the Night of the Living Dead was done like that. It shot a really short bit of it and told everyone he made this movie and that's mm. how he got the money to distribute and then mm. he made the movie so that's obviously the way it would go it's you like, probably wouldn't like, be able to I don't think well, you'd be able to do it people now. do trailers now don't they, they you, make make a trailer. Trailer. you can make a trailer yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so I actually found that uh, within the woods when I went to go and watch The Evil Dead the other night you know I did that trial and oh, watched yeah, yeah. it more in one night yeah, yeah. and uh, I thought there was next to Disky now and normally what I do is that if there's anything documentaries on TV about films that I like I record them copy them and stick them in the that's DVD that's right yeah, you so whether I've got that from there but that's I have a no pretty much. did you watch it I started I watched the first uh, 10 minutes of it and it's really it, the footage is awful yeah. it? it's really kind of like you know when you find an old videotape you stick I bet it's probably shot on bloody film it's yeah, actually yeah, shot on yeah, video camera as well yeah. isn't it not super right or anything uh, with this film Lamy and Co managed to secure a shooting budget of less than 375 hands we say it was less than 400,000 and uh, they all went to a wilderness cabin in the woods near uh, Morristown, Tennessee uh, oh is that where it is Tennessee yeah that cabin's actually burnt down uh, it got burnt down by a load of people stopping in there and the only thing that remained was the fireplace oh. and um, someone took a brick from the fireplace and got Bruce Campbell to sign it presumably yeah. that, that brick isn't you know that fireplace yeah, isn't yeah. there now um, it took 1.5 years to make and uh, uh, Ramey ended up using what's called fake shemps or otherwise known as standees to replace the actors who'd left during the actual filming one of the only actors loyal to the project from the beginning was of course Bruce Campbell 21 years old at the time and also is a producer of the film um, they went through all the kind of uh, torture sequences for Ash no stuntmen were used no stuntmen were used in no, the film at all and all no, no stuntwomen or anything so Bloody when you see hell. her being dragged through the woods yeah. she is being dragged through the woods yeah, and yeah. those cuts are actually um, quite real Joel Cohen served as an assistant editor on the film bloody hell yeah. I, I didn't know that so the plot five Michigan State students jump in Cal whenever uh, yeah I can say that again uh, five Michigan State students venture into the hills of Tennessee to spend their spring break vacation in a nice lighted cup now <laughs> you think why it's, well the thing is it's the <laughs> archetype isn't it yeah the, I, I know people go Friday the 13th was before that but to me this was the first people in the cabin in the woods mm. because the film that came out last year you know, it's cabin in the woods mm. that's playing onto this and that's where it come from mm. and to me it's a classic it's a classic premise for a film see I, I don't like complicated horror films I think the more you complicate your horror the more you ruin it yeah you know I just like it about, I like, it's such a basic story isn't it and this sort of what goes against the third one, isn't it? Where he tries to complicate, it complicate things too things, much. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what's great about the Evil Dead? It's five people in a cabin, in a cabin, being chased some, around by zombies, gore, blood, mm. and, and some good effects. Mm. Um, yeah, and now when they get to the isolated cabin, there's a shot of a wooden bench which is swinging and banging yeah, against the right, thing, yeah. right? That suddenly stops as they get to the cabin. This is actually indicating. Um, that time is beginning to stop. The same with the pendulum clock. When the pendulum clock suddenly stops, oh. it means time has now stopped. Um, Joyness is heard in the background when Ash is in the cellar and the sound you hear the sound, strange noise is actually the sound effect from the Orson Welles film The Third Man what I'm hitting you with the fact right there aren't I I love that film well because the thing is, is that what you can do is that you can isolate sound as long as it hasn't got any music on you can use it because is that no copyright right? sound that's why you always get the sound of the um, the Wilhelm scream from Star Wars. Yeah, ah! yeah, yeah. And I suppose well, you can use the no. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. But I was thinking that's the yeah. Wilhelm scream. Yeah, that's quite interesting. That is. Um, now uh, there they find the natural uh, and Demanto, a Sumerian variation of the Book of the Dead, and they also find a tape recorder that plays the demonic incantations from the book, and this unleashes evil demons. 
And the demons proceed to isolate and kill off the students, beginning with Cheryl, who hears the voices of the demons, and goes outside to investigate. Yeah, it's the classic. Alone and far from the safety of the cabin. Well, when you see Cabin in the Woods, Mm. all this kind of stuff is explained why they do it. There's loads of this kind of stuff. Why why is she going out there? Is it worth watching, though? It's definitely worth watching, mate, because it's it's the most film I've ever saw, homages in a film. It it makes Lee Quinton Tarantino look like David Lee. Who does it? It's not Rodriguez, is it? Well, it's the blokes who write it. Who wrote it? He's um, wrote it. Who wrote it? He's only did. I think you know who did Avengers. Him, uh, Joss Whelan. Really? Yeah, he did. He did the script for it, and it's loads. And it's like, oh yeah, that's the reason there. Why is she blonde? Why is it? There's a bit of why people are blonde in it. Why do you go out on your own? Why do you go down that road? Yeah. Why would you go in that room for? Why would you look for? And that, all of this is explained. Yeah, you've got me. You've got it, me it, yeah. It's a really it, like I said. It's completely silly. Mm. But if you're into that kind of thing, it really is a little wink and a wink to me. Oh, I really loved right. it. A bit like the way Scream was. Really. Yeah, that, it's very much like Scream. It's yeah. very postmodern horror film, but oh, really okay. good. Uh, now, Cheryl is attacked by trees which are uh, possessed by the demons. Now, I've wrote here in red. You'll notice here when I've, I've wrote my thoughts in watching the. Yeah, yeah. Why on earth would you walk out that far? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, the sound you hear just before she gets attacked is from within the woods. It's actually, again, another sound sample taken from within the woods. So he's, he's using stuff that he's already That's shot really into this. Now, the interesting thing about that, this was the bit that was banned and cut. When I first saw this film, I never saw this bit. No. It was cut, wasn't it? Yeah. We only ever saw it. We only saw it when we bought the release in 2001. Yeah, and you bought it for, oh, any funking, it's ridiculous. It's you, so unscathed. Uh, the word, you know, the way they talked about this rape scene is going to be like the accused yeah. or like the entity that has a rape scene in it. And it's silly. No, the thing is, though, is that, I mean, what happens in this rape scene is that the load of the reeds go round of arms, push it to the ground, open the legs up. And then you see a tree stump comes out and it just shoots straight in between the legs. Yeah. It's actually quite violent. Yeah, it's been the way it goes. And she goes, ah! Yeah. Now, I don't know how we would have thought about seeing that in 1981. This is though, it, you're going to put, yeah, put it right, that, isn't it? Well, especially me and you, especially you, and then me when, when we became mates in 85. That we, we then started watching video nasty stuff from yeah. 85, sort of just Villa Killer, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, zombie flesh eaters, yeah, yeah. the uncut version, all that. So whether we're kind of like, and I hate to say used to such violent rapes in such as this. You mean you're desensitised? You do we're get desensitised, but you do. It's a bit like when we went and saw, now I, I really do like The Exorcist, and I still think the original version of The Exorcist is not all the spider claw is not no need to have that in. All them I can't stand the rigid bits. I, I like the fact that it's a it's a film and Matt, and I think possibly you listeners are in that the same boat as us because you're obviously passionate about film and you're passionate about T V yeah. is the fact that we appreciate film and there was nothing more upsetting to me watching the Exorcist in the cinema and people laughing. Like what I told you, my uh, freak out in the cinema the other oh, day. I think everyone everyone Everyone, after Mr. K tells his story, please do give him a round of applause. Mm. Please do tell Well, basically, the same kind of thing that, um, that he's talking about. I went to see the film... He's with the cat, the, the, I went to, the cat for a I it? went to the film Sinister the other, the other, about three weeks ago. Really good horror film. I really loved it, right? But the was with, with the wife. And we're sitting there, and there this is no offence to American people. No. Because I've met lots of American people, and they're all lovely. But I went to the cinema and sitting behind us was two American people, right? And the film come on and straight away I could tell they were scared. Right. This is what it was. I thought, why would you come to a film if you obviously, obviously they're trying to, I can go and see this film and they couldn't take How it. How old were they? I think they were about 15, 
15 right, okay. so it might have been the first horror films I've gone to but, and they were like talking and Emma said oh here you go I said no give them give five minutes settle down hmm. right then ten minutes are still talking then they're quieting down but then there was a bit there's a really ex- extreme bit where some kids have died in the house before hmm. and the little girl is like possessed by these kids and she draws on the paper or oh, the boogeyman now the <laughs> boogeyman you know I, don't, I didn't think the one then, the one turned around to one really loud and went, like Beavis and Butthead, started <laughs> laughing and went, <laughs> they just said the word bogey. Now, with this, I exploded. <laughs> and no. You're if, a very placid man. I am a very placid person. <laughs> I'm, a, you know, I'm a bit of a hippie when it comes down to it. But you don't fuck with my films. <laughs> Sorry for my language there. You don't no, fuck no, with I, my I, films. I, I think it's and I turned him around and just told him to shut up or else. I don't know what all that else well, was, been. but he never said a word again afterwards. And when I walked out, some man come to me and said, well done for saying that. And I thought, no, you have the right to say it as well. Yeah, yeah. No one has the right to impinge on anyone's... If you're watching a big silly comedy, like American Pie, where you're all chatting... Even then, there shouldn't be this no. chatting. Like, there's a, a, a tweet you now. Like, we're in the sort of Avengers with the person with the letting the kids scream all the way through the oh, film. you know, you don't do it, do We you? need more people. It's a bit like the code of conduct, isn't it, on Mark Hamon? Everyone needs to turn round to people and say, shut up. Yeah. If you want to go and talk, I, outside... I, I miss the days of having the, the people coming into the cinema. I think yeah, what I you always know. said, well, why can't you do it where you can plug your earphones in? Plug your earphones in. You've always said that. Why not? I'd do it. Then you don't have to listen to anyone then. Is there a bit, of a, is there a, bit of a culture difference though between American cinema and English cinema? I've got to say, I went and saw American Pie in America and it was like that all the way through. Yeah, I had to kill people. Yeah, but... Ooh, that, uh, sorry, I don't mean that by any... <laughs> yeah. What recently happened in... Uh, I do but, but, the point, that, the, but the point is, uh, you know, I think if... Everyone's so scared of young people now. Oh, they're all going to stab me. Yeah. No, he weren't. And when they, I watched them, when they were, and they were bigger than me, they mm. probably would have beat me up if it comes down to it. And with my wife as well. But the point was, we everyone needs to tell people to mm. shut up. In the, shut yeah, up. I, I've always said that if the next time it happens in the cinema where somebody puts their bloody mobile phone on and I can see the light, I am going to yeah. go down there, I'm going to take it off and I'm going to fuck it down the bottom yeah. of the cinema. Wait, can't you wait an hour and a half? Yeah. Don't tweet when you're in the cinema. No, it's terrible, isn't uh, it? Anyway, anyway back to the <laughs> So, um, <laughs> Cheryl, back to Cheryl, of course, yeah. Now, that scene in which she was raped by the trees is cut from a lot of uh, editions, but now you can buy uncut. But, I will will stress, if you go and buy this film, make sure you, when you, you look at Amazon or wherever you get your, your stuff from, uh, check the running times. Yeah. Because it's 85 minutes, and a lot of them are only 79 minutes. And, uh, I've and got it, the 85 minutes version, so it does make a lot of difference. Six minutes, you might, some people will be there, oh, that, that's only six minutes. Six minutes in a film is a load of time. It's well, a, I'm just waiting for you to say anything else, is it six minutes? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyway, Cheryl comes back, she makes you escape. Now, um, Cheryl, the actress playing Cheryl, she actually does, as we said earlier on, there's no stunt women in this, and she does actually get cut quite badly. She gets back and tells everybody, because they don't believe her, and her brother actually decides to drive her to town where she can find a place to stay for the night. However, they find that the only bridge connecting the cabin to civilization has been destroyed with the supports bent into the shape of a hand. Ironically, they actually did that to a proper bridge. It's an old bridge now. Oh, I would thought maybe the seats. You, you uh, don't get to see it properly because they didn't have the lighting. Uh, so, uh, uh, now, the scene when Ash and Shell get out of the car, Ash and Shell are at an angle 
If you notice, it's a strange angle. This is done by putting the car on a different angle and having him walking on the normal piece of road. Do you know where this comes from? This comes from German Expressionism, right? In German Expressionism... Oh, hello. Intellect. Oh, yeah. In German Expressionism, uh, basically, you want to see a great German Expressionism, you see the, the Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, right? Oh, good film. Great film, right? I wrote an essay about that in my film thing. Um, that basically, they use this, because all these angles are supposed to be... Yeah, it's supposed to be <laughs> expressing torment yeah. and the way you put torment is on the screen Every, this is why I love The Evil Dead mm. it uses all this heritage strange angles and mm. strange colour tones we'll talk about that more in The Evil Dead Coup because some amazing bits in that where yeah. the colour tones change but that bit's like that straight away it makes you think straight away something's not right but you don't know what it is yeah it's a subliminal side it is a bit of expressionism in there um, there's also a bit as well where you see the headlights in the car that's not the car that's just two lamps because oh. <laughs> it was all filmed and you know, they yeah, like, redo stuff, redo shots, and sometimes it's not actually the woman, it's somebody else in the car a lot of the time when she's supposed to be there. It's actually Sam Raimi. In it the shows car. you though, like, like, a bit like bad taste, how much you must love it to put that much work into it when you're probably getting paid nothing. Mm. Sam Raimi himself is probably getting nothing to do this oh, film, yeah. has he? Now, later, Cheryl, with the essence of a demon infesting her body following her encounter with the trees, becomes possessed and stabs Linda in the ankle with a pencil. That's ripped to the kiddie's heel. Like I said, oh, it's like they're being hostile, isn't it? The worst bit. Oh, slicing the kiddie. Oh, no. Um, well, again, another good way of doing horror because you always pick things like no one likes anything to do with eyes, no one likes anything to do with eyes. Everything like someone being stabbed in the stomach yeah. or shot in the head, it don't mean anything anymore. No. It's them little things, little isn't it? Little things, yeah. yeah. Which is the reason why Casino Royale when Bond gets his uh, spuds <laughs> smacked with a. Well, there's a bit in. There's an also there's a bit in uh, uh, the other um, Eli Roth film. Uh, what's it called now? Cabin Fever, mm. where the woman's got that flesh of it, and Emma can't watch it. Where she's shaving her legs and her skin starts coming oh, off, yeah. and you think it's nothing really. But, it's a crappy little effect, yeah. but it makes you look away more than a bit. Where someone's being ripped into. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> um, I hope no one's eating it at this point. Now. Uh, um, now, um, Scotty forces Shelley into the cellar and locks it, but his girlfriend, Shelley, is also possessed by a demon which spies on her from outside the bedroom and she's actually changing before hurling herself at her. Now possessed, Shelley attacks Scotty and sustains a number of brutal injuries before Scotty dismembers her with an axe. Now, a large chunk of um, baloney was used uh, when cutting the leg up and the blood hitting the camera and running down was deliberate and that was done by um, a, a cinematographer and a projectionist suggested to Sam Raimi how to get a good effect for horror films was to have the blood hit the camera so it's almost like it's hitting the audience I like that effect they don't use it loads anymore I think because the cameras are too bloody expensive isn't yeah they? well you just put glass in front of it yeah, yeah. yeah. now clearly shaken by Shelley's death Scotty leaves to go find an alternate trail through the woods now this is the turning point in the film for Ash here now, because see, Scotty turns to be the coward because he's now escaping and, uh, and the hero now turns to be Ash who throughout this whole film is really just a bit of a klutz End of the day. Ash goes to check on Linda but finds that she too now has become possessed but she makes no attempt to attack him now this is the really quite weird bit where um, you know she's just sitting there and all that which I find quite 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 eerie um, you get the spider animation effect here with the hands and all you know the kind of like crazy well you know Dano and Gento always said that um, the scary bits in his films with the stillness mm. Not when it's all going mad because you're occupied then. It's when all of a sudden it'll stop and nothing happens. So that will make you start thinking about what's going on then. You've got to have time to think. And that's what I think with horror films. If it's full on, you know, I love visceral horror, but if it's 90 minutes of 
non-stop <laughs> violence you don't think about it no. and by the time it's over you think oh, I can't remember you've got to have times where you've got to think and you need a bit of story and a bit of and that's yeah. you know it, it, Sam Raimi used it loads in this mm. have that little bit of quiet in it even if it's for a couple of minutes yeah yeah, so it's, it works really well on, on visual, but obviously not too well on audio. <laughs> well, no, it, silence is the death of any audio play. Trust me. <laughs> uh, no, Scotty returns, having suffered grave injuries inflicted on him by those possessed trees. Makes you wonder what else happened to him in yeah, those yeah, yeah. things. Uh, he tells Ash that he is an alternative trial through the woods before passing out. Now Linda and Cheryl start laughing manically at their predicament. Now Linda sitting cross-legged, laughing, as I said earlier on. Is the most scary. No, part it's, of this it, film, yeah, right? it's probably the scariest bit in the film, isn't it? Is, it? Because when, she's smiling because you don't realise you don't know what's going on at first. Uh, you just think uh, she's laughing and think, well, what's going on there? Uh, the two women suddenly seem to snap out of their possession, but it is revealed to be a trick when Ash almost releases Shaw from the cellar and she tries to strangle him through the door. Now, there's Ted Raimi's hands in there who's trying to strangle him. Ted and I always think with this bit, it's like there's another bit. Why would you have a, a chain that's a bit too long so that someone can get their so, hands so, out? Yeah, it's so, like, what? What? Could you keep in there that would make that work? <laughs> like, like, oh, I'm gonna put an animal in there. It'd get out, wouldn't it? Yeah. What the hell? Would I not put that? It's just for the horror, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, expedition. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Ash locks Linda outside of the cabin and tends to Scotty's injuries, but he quickly bleeds to death. Linda sneaks in through the back door and attacks Ash with a ceremonial dagger, but Ash is able to take the dagger from her and impale her through her torso, seemingly killing her. Ash takes Linda's body to the workshed, workshed, and yeah. tries to disassemble her with the chainsaw. Is that where the workshed bit comes from? No, you're thinking of the. Or is that for the second one? That's, you can't help it, can you? Workshed. I don't know. Yeah. We've, got, we've got that sample we should play there. Uh, now, uh, when it comes to December with the chainsaw, this is actually a real chainsaw in this bit, right? And you and people, because Sam Raimi did to me and said, you know, you got a bit annoyed. And people said, man, you can still see a pulse beat in there. Yeah, it's because it's a real chainsaw hovering above a head. <laughs> yeah. be, my heart would be going ten yeah, yeah, yeah. at this point. Um, now he can't bring himself to do it and buries her instead. She rises from the grave and wrestles with Ash, who eventually lops her head off with a shovel. Returning to the cabin, Ash finds that Shell has escaped. Armed with a shotgun, Ash finds Shell hiding outside and shoots her in the shoulder, but he doesn't seem to have any effect. After barricading all of the doors, Ash descends into the cellar okay, to find some extra shotgun shells, and while down there, he experiences a series of strange events such as mysterious voices and blood seeping from numerous crevices and openings in the walls. Now, this is a Three Stooges homage here called uh, Plumbing We Will Go. Ah. Uh, when Nash goes back into the cabin from the cellar, it's now shot at 45 degrees for effect. Because obviously that cellar isn't in the cabin. Yeah, that's oh, a, yeah, yeah. Shot somewhere else. Ah. Scotty's body uh, reanimates now, possessed by a demon, and tries to kill Ash, but he cripples him by gouging out his eyes. Always a good one, the eyeball gouging yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. Your mum wouldn't be able to watch that. Oh, no. Uh, Ash then notices that the Book of the Dead has fallen near the fireplace and he's starting to burn, as, as are Shell and Scotty, giving the illusion that disposal of the book into the fire will destroy the demons. Shell breaks into the cabin and knocks Ash down with little effort, uh, while Scotty pins him down. Shell repeatedly beats Ash with a fireplace poker. Ash is able to grab the, the book after several attempts and tosses it into the fireplace, just as Cheryl raises the poker to impale him. The demons leave the bodies of Cheryl and Scotty, which then become inanimate and rapidly decay and fall apart. Ash, believing he has survived the ordeal, heads outside mm. as a demon emerges through the woods. That's using the plank of wood. With it, the, uh, it's one of the great little shots in that yeah. film, isn't it? And descends upon Al, who turns out letting out a blood-curdling scream. Now, we don't need to talk about the uh, censorship because we've already done it. Uh, would you like some facts? Go on then. Okay. You've been giving a lot away today. <laughs> uh, filmed in a real life uh, abandoned cabin. Creamed corn dyed green was used as zombie guts. Oh. Director Sam Ramian and Bruce Campbell were friends from high school. 
Um, the voice of the professor on tape. Ah, yes, no, he's the person who does the the, uh, the host of American Movie Classics. So American. God, that's that. a proper film nerd. Got him, man. Yeah. Most of the demon's point of views that glide across the ground were shot by mounting the camera on a, to a two by four, while Sam Raimi and Bruce Cranberry, Cramble, <laughs> Cranberry, yeah. uh, ran alongside. It's amazing, really. Isn't it? What such a little? So not a motorbike. Because we thought it for years. Yeah, it was a motor- yeah. A bike didn't exactly it looks too it, smooth, yeah. doesn't yeah. it? Uh, the piece of wood that falls from the bridge at the beginning of the, uh, and the log used to fire off Ash's possessed girlfriend in the woods are made from foam substance and recycled props from an earlier Sam, Ra- uh, Sam Raimi movie entitled It's Murder. Bruce Campbell twisted his ankle on a route while running down the steep hill and Sam Raimi and Robert G. Tapper decided to tease him by poking his injury with sticks thus causing Campbell to obviously limp in some of the scenes. Um, that's nice isn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, as the car is driving to the cabin at the beginning of the movie uh, instead of Teresa Tilly it's Sam Raimi at the beginning also uh, you see um, two hitchhikers or two fishermen waving at them that's actually Sam Raimi bloody hell yeah. that's his little Hitchcock appearance in there yeah, yeah. Um, the opening sequence of the evil moving across the pond is actually Bruce Campbell pushing Sam Raimi in a dinghy bloody hell <laughs> uh, during the scene where the possessed Linda attempts to stab Ash with a dagger Betsy Baker actually had no idea where he was with her heavy white contact lenses prevented her from seeing Bruce Campbell and was literally battling a blind actress uh, the film was banned in Germany and the remake of course is The Evil Dead um, have you got anything else here? God, blimey, those. Oh, here we go. On the tape in which the demon resurrection passages are read aloud, some of the words spoken which sound like genuine Latin, and that sound like uh, that sound like Sam and Rob das ist hikers dan die Rotter, actually means Sam and Rob are the hitchhikers on the road. Bloody hell! So that's where that got mm. from. The eerie wind noise in the movie was recorded by Sam Raimi. He first heard it through his bedroom window while he was trying to sleep and throw and recorded it. Oh, there, we go. there we go. So okay, so now we're going to go on to Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn. Oh yes, Dead by Dawn. So shall we play the trailer? Go on then. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. Now, from the theater of Evil Dead, comes Evil Dead 2. Boy, don't try it there, Cal. You know, now you know this is a very important film to me because uh, you know, hashtag best horror film ever made. You are tweeting now, aren't you? Hashtag. Yeah, it, I think it is the best horror film ever made. And uh, you know, me and my wife were talking about this last night, and you know, you can watch it now, and you're not scared, obviously, because you're sort of. <laughs> when I thought that it's like a nightmare, 
You know, when you think of a nightmare, it's not entirely horrific. Yeah. You have silly things in it or silly imagery, and you think, well, what's that? And that's what makes it nightmarish. Yeah. A nightmare is not a bloke chasing you with a knife. Very rare you have a nightmare like that. It'll be some weird thing like you're at the back of your house. Yeah, but it's not quite, but right. It's not quite mm-hmm. right. Or, you know, like I said, I told you I had that dream about a friend I saw for 20 years, and, it, and a fat woke up t- terrorised, and I thought, I can't think of anything terrible. Yeah. That. And I think it's like a nightmare. It's funny. It's horrific. Mm. It's psychedelic. Yeah. It's got mad comedy in it. It's got violence. It's got everything I want from a horror film. And it's a brilliant made film. What more do you want from a horror film than Evil Dead 2? I know. I don't even want to think we should talk about it now that you said that. Isn't it? I just really <laughs> feel it. But I like the passion. I, and I totally agree. Oh, no. I, I, I absolutely love this film. I saw it too much. So that's the only thing is, it's mm. a bit like uh, I must the thing we saw too much. Watching this the other night, and as I, as I said earlier on, I watched um, uh, Evil Dead, three quarters of Evil Dead 2 in one night. And then the last part of it, Army of Darkness last night. And um, yeah, this it was great watching it. It was real good watching because the fact I haven't seen it in London. Uh, yeah, that's it. You're, you're looking fast. <clears throat> I know. Uh, directed by Sam Raimi, produced by Robert Trappard, Alex DiBedento, Irvin Shapiro, uh, not Helen Shapiro, but Irvin, uh, Bruce Campbell, written by Sam Raimi and Scott Spiegel, and of course starred Bruce Campbell, Sarah Berry, mainly. We'll talk about them. Uh, music was again by Joseph Loduca, and it was. Was released on March 13th 1987 running time 84 minutes budget this time of 3.6 84 minutes that's what you want from a horror film as well isn't it yep uh, Sarah Berry um, she, obviously we all know who Bruce Campbell plays um, Sarah Berry plays Annie Nobody Professor Nobody's daughter and she drives the cabins we'll find out Danny Hicks plays Jake a white trash guy who freaks out before the evil spirit uh, Cassie Wesley plays Barbie Joe uh, Ted Raimi plays the possessed Henrietta uh, Denise Bixley uh, as Linda Ash's girlfriend only you get a little bit of this at the beginning of the film Richard Demir as Professor Ed Gently and John Peake as Professor no- Nobby Nobby yeah. <laughs> the archaeologist and Lou Hancock as Henry Enter Nobby uh, before that possessed um, so let's talk about this film now Ash Williams back again Again, now you're going to think, hold on, are they talking about the same thing? But it's the basically same. a, re- it's, a remake. It's, that weird, it's, it's the whole of the film compressed into 10 You know, minutes it's that minutes. weird thing they did with the, the thing that they call it now the, the pre make. <laughs> I think that's that new t- basically, it's a really shit term, isn't it? But yeah. that's what I mean. Basically, it's a way of doing a sequel and a prequel, but remaking it at the same time. And yeah. this is very much like yeah. that, isn't yeah. it? Because I think if he would have had the money. This is what the Dead One would have been, wouldn't it? Definitely, definitely. Uh, Ash and his girlfriend Linda, Denise Bickley, take a romantic vaca- vacation in his 1930, 1970, 1973 Oldsmobile. Yeah, Oldsmobile, the same one that's in the first one, in the third one, and it's the same one that appears in virtually all of Sam Raimi's Yeah, yeah you have something that did in his, they did in the Spider-Man movies, aren't they? To a senior abandoned cabin in the woods, whilst in the cabin, Ash plays a tape of an archaeology professor, uh, the cabin's previous inhabitant, reciting passages from the Necronomicon or Book of the Dead, which is discovered during an archaeological dig. As you do. The tape recorder is the same one from the first film, and is also Campbell's father's own uh, oh. tape deck. The recorded incarnation unleashes an evil force, which kills and later possesses the body of Linda. Ash is then forced to decapitate his girlfriend for his own safety. After he buries her, a spirit is seen of, the, of, the, of her, uh, of the hunt for Ash. Now, uh, this is a really cool scene here. Uh, which Bruce um, has a large circular camel mounted on him and he's pushed through the trees so that's when he possesses him and he goes and he falls in the bubble 
Absolutely. And he comes out and he's got like a really big chin, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's got big. He's yeah, got yeah. big chin. <laughs> Ash becomes briefly possessed by a demon, but then uh, the day breaks and the spirit is gone. Ash is back to normal, or so it seems. Yeah. Weird bit though, when he wakes up after his dynamic possession, the cabin's only about six feet away. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he's gone for them trees, um, and he was smacked through those trees. He was. Yeah, yeah. They just got him on, a, on the road, put him on <laughs> thing, and, and uh, again, there seems to be a lot of having to go him there, which is a bit weird. Um, now the body of his girlfriend. Uh, comes back to life uh, and dances in a, in a kind of terrible manner really her head then pops onto Ash's lap and, he's, uh, uh, and he gets bitten this is where he gets his, head, gets his hand gets bitten uh, and this is where we get the line work shed so yeah. I try and throw, um, throw that line in now I must admit uh, it isn't as funny as we find it funny when you watch the film it is funny it's overdubbed yeah, um, yeah. but we'll, we'll just play it quickly here <laughs> Workshed. Yeah, we used go. to crack up at the. That, you see, this film is like we used to one of the film where me and me man Meds used to watch it all the bloody while. One of them films watched all the while, and we're constantly doing Bruce Campbell quotes, weren't we? <laughs> because uh, this is where you start realizing, oh, Ash is a bit mad in this one, isn't he? He's going a bit. Yeah, he's losing it a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. deranged he in this go, film. He, he does, he From does that, go. this is where you think, oh, he's normal Ash at the beginning. He's normal yeah. in the first one, isn't he? Yeah, good guy. And he started going on, he's as violent as the bloody he's, zombies. Yeah, he's a good fire. The only one when you see him running around the set, you actually see the top of the set. Uh-huh. When you, when you, if you watch closely, there's about that much of the screen where you can see the lights and everything. Because uh-huh. the, the set was built in a gym, two levels in this gym. Um, so he gets to the workshed, workshed. Uh, now, okay, it's overdubbed, but there you go. Now, the body minus the head barges into the workshed with the chainsaw <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then cuts into itself. We then have a great, uh, a great scene of Ash going mad moment with the chairs rocking back and forth. Uh-huh. And the mirror scene. Now, this is the furniture scene. I've actually got this. Great, um, great, great scene. There's something weird in it, but you can't put your finger on mm. what it is. Yeah. And when you watch that film, you're watching this bit, you think, what, what's weird about that? Mm. What is he freaked out about? Because you don't know what he's freaked out about there. Everything's moving, mm. but it's like everything's mocking him in this, isn't it? It takes the, it all personal in this, yeah. It's the all lamp, mocking him, isn't it? Is like yeah, now, oh, if, I love if, this you, if anyone looks at my Facebook page, my avatar at the moment is uh, is the yeah. screen grab from Ash laughing at the camera. It's that. It's the bit where he's um where he's like moving with the lamp, yeah, going up and down, and he's there. going with it and he's laughing with it, and you think he's lost it. Yeah, he's lost. He's it. lost it. We'll we'll play that now. This is the manny laugh, and it is a bit manny. But uh, I say you can actually type this into YouTube: Evil Dead Two, uh, furniture, mad furniture. I think it's called. Yeah. So uh, have a listen to it now. Oh, double barrel here! Blow your butts! The kingdom come! See if we don't. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, you, you kind of like said the right word there. He's kind of psychedelic. No, it, you think, because this is the bit that leads on to that odd bit where all of a sudden the colour palette changes, the camera pans away, and he opens a door, and there's a big gush of pink blood. Yeah. And it's well, just. That's when, that's when the shot going because he's had to cut his own hand off. It's just a really <laughs> odd. But I always remember, so I said to my that's a psychedelic that is, because it just changes for no reason. Mm. The camera, I know it's probably all to do with the fact is. They're probably upside, whatever they're doing with the effect, but it's just really weird. And that's what I like of this film. It's got them, it's tonally all over the place. The first one's a pretty straightforward horror film when it comes down to it. This one, it's got a lot going on in it. It's like, it's like, Sam Ram is like, right, I've got this money. I'm going to throw everything I want to throw into it, mm. into a film. You just do not get films like this anymore. Nah, especially with everything going on. Now, as we just said there, um, Ash is forced to sever his right hand, which, of course, gets possessed with the spider. It's the bit that caused loads of things. I remember at the time, loads of people said that bit. He cut his hand off, yeah, right? Yeah, which is quite... Uh, while Ash is dealing with this force, because he's called the force, the professor's daughter, Annie, and the research partner, Ed Getley, return from the dig with more pages than the Necronomicon in tow, only to find the destroyed bridge... They enlist the help of Jake and Bobby Joe to guide them along an alternate trail to the cabin. The four of them find an embattled Ash, who is seemingly slowly being driven insane due to his encounter with the demon, such as hallucinating that the room comes to life, as we've just played, mm. and begins laughing hysterically. Now, Bruce does his throwing himself around the room, cuts his old hand off, which of course goes off on its own, trapping itself in the mouse trap, gives it the finger. It's the classic bit, there's a bit of comedy, so I like the oh, comedy yeah, yeah. bit in this, it's really good. Uh, and that was all happening as, you know, as a. Um, as the saying that you all hear there now at first he's mistaken for a murderer by the four people uh, because he shoots at them through the door because uh, he thinks it's the force but they find out the truth after listening to a recording of Annie's father um, then talking about his wife Henrietta being possessed and buried in the cabin cellar rather than dismembered Ash jump, uh, jumping on the cellar door squashing the head and an eyeball pops out into yeah, the yeah, yeah. Look, one of my favourite things yeah. you put a camera behind it yeah. oh, I love you can see like a stick as well oh, I love anything like that <laughs> um now, Ed is possessed and is soon killed by Ash. Bobby Joe tries to escape but is attacked by the demon trees and dragged to her death. More reverse shots here as the forest takes Bobby Joe. That's reversing the shots of the reeds. Yeah. And um, Annie translates, then translates the two of the passages before Jake turns on them and throws the pages into the cellar, holding them at gunpoint to force them to go look for Bobby Joe. What a tool that bloke is. Yes. Ash is possessed once again and turns on his remaining companions, incapacitating Jake. Annie retreats to the cabin and accidentally stabs Jake and drags him to the cellar door. This is where she's trying to drag and close the door at the same time. She's smacking his legs, which is always a bit good. Uh, now, um, Ash tries to kill Annie, but then returns to his normal self when he sees Linda's necklace. That stupid necklace. Uh, reminding him of her. And um, I think the makeup of possessed Ash is brilliant. Uh, no, it, it, it's because it looks like him, but you know, it's funny he's put a slap on loads of. But it's him, and it isn't, mm. isn't it? It's him. Yeah. But it's just like, like a bigger chin. Bigger chin. He's got like big enough chin. Eye, yeah. yeah, and sunken eyes. Sunken eyes. It's yeah. like everyone's just thinking that, you know, there's loads of this in um, space, isn't that? I know we talk about this in space, but there's loads of Evil Dead stuff in space, isn't mm. that? That joinous bit is the yeah, thing, join, isn't it? Joinous. Yeah. Um, Ash, with Annie's help, modifies the chainsaw. This is the same clip that you heard at the beginning of this podcast, and attaches, attaches it to his right hand Ash eventually finds the missing pages in the Necronomicon and kills Henrietta now check out when Henrietta is floating in the air this is actor again Ted Raimi in the makeup when he's on the side 
There's a load of sweat pours out of her ear. That's how hot he was, isn't it? Bloody hell. <laughs> you'll never notice that, but until you look at it, yeah, it's yeah. actually all the sweat pouring out of the ear. <laughs> um, this, the Hemiate then turns into this long-necked monster, Annie chants an incarnation that sends evil force back to where it came from. Ashley's possessed hand stabs Annie with the Kandagaran dagger. The incarnation opened up a, world war, a whirling temporal portal, which not only draws in evil force. Now, this evil force is now a large hole of face and, and has the faces of the dead in it, including, if you look closely, Ash, as he's meant to be the next person who dies. Yeah. The world one takes, takes hold and sucks in nearby tre- trees, the Aldermobile and Ash himself. Um, now, Ash and his Aldermobile, this is the end film, lands in what appears to be a crusader held Middle East in the year 1300 AD and he is then confronted by a group of knights who have initially mistaken him for a deadite but they are quickly distracted when a real one actually shows up and Ash blasts the harpy like deadlight with his shotgun and he's held as a hero who has come to save them from the realm it ends with Ash screaming the word no consistently yeah, no, you know, as I said I watched that film since last Christmas I think I might have to watch it again yeah, tomorrow because I mean, we might just sound like we've, we've kind of sped through that a little bit but the reason is to a certain degree because it's easy to remake of the first one but it's very visual isn't yeah. it? it's another visual film you're not whetting your appetites for you, to you don't get Evil Dead films for scripts <laughs> no you get it for Bruce Campbell you get it for Bruce it. Campbell like I said you know, I think if a lot of people watch, you know, I'd like to see someone like a younger person watching that what they'd think of it, mm. if it they'd probably find it quite funny now wouldn't they but when we first saw this at the time it was proper shocking yeah yeah as proper I was actually quite, quite funny that's yeah uh, trivia we some trivia go on the book that Ash puts on top of the bucket containing his severed hand is called A Farewell to Arms Oh. Uh, it was filmed at J.R. Faison uh, High School in the gym and set two stories high. The cabin was rebuilt, as we said in the first bit, uh, had been burnt down. Um, a glove belonging to Freddy Krueger can be seen in a wall in the cabin. I've, yeah, I've known that one, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sam Raimi did this to thank Wes Craven for showing the Evil Dead on TV screen in Nancy's room in A Nightmare on Elm Street. Wes Craven did that to thank Raimi for having a Hills Have Eyes poster on the wall in Evil Dead. Bloody hell, that's it. That's what I love about horror. That's yeah. what I do love about it. Community- horror's got a community, community hasn't it? Yeah. It really has. When Ash is possessed for the second time, the necklace on the floor is laid out in the shape of a skull. Oh. Sam Raimi decided to change the blood from red to all sorts of colours to help the movie get an R rating. It didn't work, and the film was released unrated. Um, unrated? This yeah. was bloody hell. It's like a nightmare. It's like a nightmare in a minute if you get unrated film, isn't it? During, the, uh, during some of the production, the crew stayed in the same house. Uh, Steven Spielberg used in the film Colour Purple. Oh. Betsy Baker who played in the original film was asked to reply to Robert Cudden because she was pregnant uh, the original script was subtitled Army of Darkness as Raimi intended to focus on Ash's medieval adventure but couldn't uh, get the funding for it that's where that one goes that's, that's quite interesting that because you know as well we go on it's as well, I'll talk about it yeah. Uh, when the film failed to secure an R rating, producer Dino De Laurentiis used a dummy company called Rosebud International to distribute it. Sam Raimi filmed the logo sequence and used the same buzzing fly sound effect used in the original movie. And there, oh, here's one there. During the scene where the severed hand of Ash's girl, sorry, the severed head of Ash's girlfriend bites his hand. And before embarking for the tool shed, Bruce Campbell says the single line work shed. This line was later redubbed in post production due to the quality of the audio. Giving it a strange, slightly you know weird sound to the audio. Nine years later, when filming his cameo in Escape from LA, yeah. the first thing Kurt Russell said to Bruce Campbell on set was, "Say workshed." Bloody hell! That's, <laughs> this is what I said. Kurt Russell, he's sort of the earth, you know. He's sort of, I think we're gonna have to do a podcast dedicated to Kurt. We haven't done any Kurt Russell podcast. Have we done the thing or no? He's gonna Escape from New York. Ooh. John, you see, you could do Kurt Russell, John Carpenter. 
Oh man. Uh, what's that? The oh, what's it called now? The one that's really cool, Pork Chop Express. Uh, you know, I love Big Trouble in Little China. Little China. <laughs> Can't believe we haven't done that. No, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Been here a long time. Mm. So we go on to the third and final film, Army of Darkness, and of course we had better, I suppose, play the trailer. <laughs> Age of darkness. May God have mercy upon your souls. Something's wrong. Something's amiss. At a time of evil. You shall die! When the world needed a hero. This one of our souls. Anybody to die! What it got was him. Groovy. You know your shoelace is untied. He's a 20th century guy. For that arrogance, I shall see you dead. Trapped. In the Middle Ages. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. This is my boomstick. Now, let's talk about how I get back home. Foretold by a mystical book. But in its pages are passages that can send you back to your time. Forewarned by a wise man. You must recite the words. Platu, berata, nictu. I got it, I got it. Fulfilled by a wise guy. Platu, berata, spoke the words the army of the dead awoke now he's got a date give me some sugar baby with the army of darkness you found me beautiful once honey you got real ugly sound the trumpets raise the drawbridge drop the oldsmobile from sam raimi Director of Darkman comes Army of Darkness. They live. They breathe. They suck. Army of Darkness. Evil Dead trailer there, Carl. Uh, we are going into the world of bit more money here. Directed again by Sam Raimi, produced by Robert Taper and Bruce Campbell. Written by Sam Raimi and Ivan Raimi. Uh, stars Bruce Campbell and M. Beth Davids music again by Joseph Loduca so it's the same but and mm. music all the time released yeah. October the 9th 1992 that was the premiere and internationally on the 19th of February 1993 nearly enough uh, a year later winning time is only 81 minutes budget was 13 million it's crazy that is is Bruce Campbell again as uh, Ash M. Beth Davids as Sheila uh, she's in the latest Spider-Man film oh, uh, I told you playing uh, Peter Parker's mum there you go. Okay. Marcus good. Gilbert as Lord Arthur, Ian Abercrombie as Wiseman, Richard Grove as Duke Henry the Red, Timothy Patrick Quill as Blacksmith, uh, that's a childhood friend of uh, Ramey and Gamble, Michael Earl Reed as Goldtooth, Bridget Fonda has a cameo role as Linda because she adores the Evil Dead films, Patricia Talman as Possessed Witch, and Ted Ramey again as Cowardly Warrior, Second Support Villager, and S. Mark Clark. Now we have a recap at the beginning of this film, taking some scenes from the first two films. It's and a weird new scenes. It's so it's a, it's this weird thing, isn't it? That you, I think you could watch any of these films individually, couldn't you? As if you not saw the others. Yeah. I'm so I know that's what it was going for, but it sort of ruins the third one, it because it's <coughs> such a it's mm. it's such a what's the word I'm looking for to run through the story. You think you ain't gonna laugh for the reason why he's there for? Yeah, it is a real one for isn't it? And uh, um, they do use some of the scenes from the first and second film, but um, I say, uh, what's her name? He's replacing Bridget Fonda. He's replacing yeah. the actress as Linda. 
Um, and when, that, when Hash cuts his hand off, that's a refilmed bit as well. Oh, is it? Because the pacing was slightly out, so uh, it, it didn't work. If you notice as well, the title comes up saying Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. Oh, what yeah. was that then? Was that going to be a title of it? I think, right, it is the title of it. And that's, that is the title yeah, of it? Yeah, Bruce Campbell versus the Army of Darkness. Oh, because so. you didn't hear it? Oh. The director's cut, which is what I watched last night, which is what we're going to be talking about, is actually 15 minutes longer. I, I must have saw it. I must have seen it. Well, you, you'll know the reason why. We saw the actual original director's cut on European cinemas, which has the bleak ending. America had the nice the ending. The nice ending. Yeah, so. Now, after being pulled through a time portal, Ash lands in 1300 AD, where he was almost immediately captured by Lord Arthur's men, who suspect him to be an agent for Duke Henry, with whom Arthur is at war. He's enslaved, along with the captured Henry. He's going to chainsaw, confiscate, and he's taken to a castle. Um... Now, Ash is thrown into a pit where he fights off a dead item. He gains his weapon from Arthur's wise man. Classic scene here of Ash cutting the hand off the dead item, flying through the air and hitting in the old man's face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that it's... kills me, that does. And this is where we get the classic line about his boomstick. Yeah. That arrogance. I shall see you dead. Yeah. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. It's a 12 gauge double barreled Remington, S Mart's top of the line. You can find this in the sporting goods department. That's right, this sweet baby was made in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Retails for about $109.95. It's got a walnut stock, cobalt blue steel, and a hair trigger. That's right, shop smart. Shop S-Mart. You got that? Now I swear, the next one of you primates, even touches me. Let's talk about how I get back home. So now we have the premise really of the film that it's all about how Ash gets back to his uh, his home place. Yeah, but even from the beginning, like, like I said, I, you know, I like I like this film. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's in the same league as the other two. But that, that straight so it's away, certainly very well made. It, yeah, it is a well made, but it, it's definitely it's more. I always the other two are horror with comedy in it. This mm. is a comedy. That has got. There's nothing really horrific in this film, is there? Nah, not really. No. That's the thing. There's bits. You know, you could watch this with a kid. Yeah. You couldn't watch Evil Dead Two with a kid. Still not now. Under nah. fifteen. Oh no, 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 no. But, but you one, could. Yeah. It's got. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll come to the reason why it's a bit more funny. Thing now. Uh, Ash lets Henry go as well because at the end of the day, he's innocent. According to the wise man, oh, he starts to find a little bit attractive to Sheila. The old yeah, 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 yeah. Some sugar, baby. Yeah. Uh, according to the wise man, the only way Ash can return to his time is to retrieve the Necronomicon El Mortis. We have a cut scene here where Ash and Sheila getting it on. This was cut from the, um, the, the normal position. Uh, all this is the scene where the rocks featured uh, in Star Trek. 
you know the, the well the well known rocks in Star Trek where um, Kirk battles the, the good. Well, he, well, I've said he'd seen uh, Paul as well. Yeah. That's a really famous. Letter, uh, after bidding goodbye to Sheila, Ash starts his search for the Necronomicon, and as he enters a haunted forest, an unseen force pursues Ash through the woods. Fleeing, he ducks into a windmill where he crashes into a mirror, and the small reflections of Ash climb oh. out from the shattered mirror and torment. Best bit of the film. It is brilliant. Isn't it? I think it's the best bit of the film because it's it, it's, it's it's this is yet again really bad Three Stooges isn't it oh yeah really I mean because he even does that thing when he puts his hand up to yeah, block it and, and, and he grabs yeah. his tongue doesn't it now there's quite a few extra shots in the director's cut here including, including burning one of the little little ashes alive huh? <coughs> there's loads of little extra scenes in it now how they did that was they obviously got extras but he was the main one so he's called as the, the hero version the other two behind him they all had ash chins one of the reflections dro- dives down Ash's throat and uses his body to become a life-size clone of Ash and attacks him after which Ash kills and buries the clone when he arrives at the Necronomicon's location he finds three books instead of one one book sucks him in and man that, yeah, that's when he gets that big long chin isn't it uh, great makeup there one bites him and flies around attacking well there's a bit before that because the wise man says, "Whatever you do, oh, don't say, say the, the wrong words." words. Yeah. And yet, listening is, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he's meant to say "clatu velata nikto," but when he gets there, he can't, he can't remember the last <laughs> word. Don't he? So he ends up going "clatu velata." <laughs> and so, of course, he does forget the last word, and he tries to trick it. He takes the book. Um, but unfortunately, this is where all the dead begin to uh, rise from the graves. Great bone action here, I wrote there. Uh, now, during Ash's panicked ride back, his evil copy rises from the grave and unites the deadites into the army of darkness. darkness. It's, I think it's a bit of a homage to old uh, uh, Ray Harryhausen. Ray Harryhausen. Yeah, definitely, definitely, they say that. They say the that. Evil Dead has got, of course, half of his jaw blown off. Yeah, his jaw keeps going all over the place, doesn't it? Yeah, because when he shoots him, he's got the shotgun there. Because the, the evil Ash is going, it was good, Ash. Evil ass, good ass. Evil yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. He's got the gun. And he goes, ooh, boom. And he goes, I'm not that good. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, despite causing the predicament faced by the medieval soldiers, Ash initially demands to be returned to his own time. However, Sheila is captured by a flying deadite and later transforms into one. Evil Ash here, looking great. I'll put that there. That's my own little note. <laughs> That's not on the thing. Ash becomes de- uh, determined to lead the humans against the army of the dead. Reluctantly, the people agree to join Ash. You'll have my steel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Using scientific knowledge from textbooks in the trunk of his seventy-three automobile. Look closely here. You see a Fangora magazine. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, but that uh, is the ultimate Fangora yeah. pin up, bloody Bruce Campbell. Uh, he enlists the help of Duke Henry, and Ash successfully leads the medieval soldiers to victory over their dice and evil Ash, saving Sheila and bringing peace between Arthur and Henry. In the process, after this, he is brought back to his own time using a potion made from the Necronomicon. Later, Ash is at the S Mart store telling a male co-worker, this is Ted Raimi, all about his adventure back in time and how he could have been king. A female customer becomes possessed by a demon and starts wreaking havoc on the store, and Ash slays the creature. Now, in the director's cut, uh, what happens is Ash sleeps in too long and wakes up to an ap- apocalyptic, apocalyptic finger. It's really which is what we ending. saw. And when we yeah, and we thought, oh, it's got to be another one now, isn't yeah. it? But we saw the DVD, we got the DVD and we it's, watched it's it. So it's a like, smart, shop smart, smart, smart is the last one, yeah. No, there's a few uh, things in here. While uh, Dino De Laurentiis gave Raimi and his crew freedom to shoot the movie the way they wanted, Universal Pictures took over during post-production 
always a bad sting and Universal was not happy with the Raimi's cut because it did not like the original ending of the movie and felt that it was too negative and more upbeat ending was shot a month after Army of Darkness was made it was shot in a lumber store in Malibu, California over three or four nights then two months after Army of Darkness was finished a round of reshoots began in Santa Monica involving Ash in a windmill and the scenes with Bridget Fonda done for very little money and Raimi recalls actually I kind of like the fact there are two endings which is an alternate universe Bruce is screwed and another universe he is a cheesy um, hero. I agree with that because I think there is kind of two quite. I've got no problem with the two endings, but it, straight away you'd think I'd love to have saw what his original script was like. Well, we've got it, that's the director's cut. Yeah, but even that, I, I, I think, which is where Sam Raimi started getting the idea that, oh, I like being really big. Mm. I think in the other films, he, 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 he wants to make a film for him. And like I said, it, it, there's no doubt it's the weakest of the three, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit. It, I think because it loses that. You were saying it, it's, it's not doubted that one either, either, has it? No, some of the effects are pretty poor. Um, as Evil Dead is the thing is, with Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, the effects do look a bit cheap, but you kind of forgive that because it's in the hot, it's in the way those like films are made, like bad taste, and yeah. you enjoy it, and actually you believe it a bit more when the effects are a lot better then when it comes to modern day version of it it is pretty bad and also watching it on um, a big TV the transfer's not you were saying I was just just saying to off off air when I was just saying I love a little bit on Blu-ray you were saying the really rubbish apparently it's not a very good transfer which is a shame I mean there might be like like, you know there's always different versions about there Um, it might be worth checking out but I think as well that the the one version I saw on Blu-ray was cut <laughs> bloody hell which is pretty bad it's like, it's like though when we went and bought when it was at our memorabilia fair and I bought those Peter Jackson films I got the unedited version but I, I still think that there's a better version of Branded out there as well yeah. which is really annoying no, no I, th- I, I think that you know it's the one that I ain't bothered having yeah that, that, that's the thing would I sit down and watch the medieval see I can't do that you see because I have to buy all see the... I always think of it as the medieval dead and that's what I yeah, like yeah. it's the medieval dead uh, you know it's the one that I could sit down and watch the first and second one now, but I could have watched the medieval dead mm. no because you just think speedy will get to the bit where he's in the uh, get to the free stooges bit where he's in the uh, windmill yeah and, the and then the, the big battle at the end's okay and a lot yeah. and you know the bad the bad ash is quite funny you know he's can't good, say uh, anything but uh, I don't know it's just doing it ain't got enough zombies in it for me but the, the sort of not zombies in it either how do you think that the dead dogs are not zombies in the first one the zombies yeah. the dead people who've come back to life and tormenting him in this it's like a bag of bones isn't it and it's all comedy isn't it Yeah, and that's, that's, that's my way, problem that's with it it's not it. scary would you like a little bit of facts go oh, on no, then. I guess. Uh, in the original draft Ash lost an eye uh, the original script was only 43 pages long which would be in script wise only 43 minutes mm. on the posters released for the movie music credit goes to Joe Loduca and this is Mel spelt as Joe Locker. <laughs> during the final battle between the Deadites and Ash's men one of the Deadites lets out a war cry that is almost identical to that of Xenia Warrior Princess a series in which Ted Raimi and of course Bruce Campbell uh, featuring yeah oh. According to Sam Raimi in the book The Evil Dead Companion uh, by Bill Warren, Charles Napier was to play Ash's boss. Oh, not Charles Napier. Well, his role was totally cut, that's a shame. Likewise, Bridget oh. Fonda was scheduled to have more screen time as Linda. Oh. And one of the items visible in Ash's trunk is a copy of Dark Horse Presents Fifth Anniversary Special, originally published in April 1991. This comic includes the very first instalment of Frank Miller's Sin City. Oh, that's, that's really interesting mm. stuff, isn't it? That's really interesting. Mark Gilbert was all with food poisoning when filming one of the major fight scenes, and they were good. S-Mart is a chain of grocery stores in Mexico. 
There are several variants of the three words that Ash must say when retrieving the Necronomicon. Undoubtedly, this arises from differing sound quality, people hearing, and incorrect, incorrect subtitling. The words are Kalatu, Balada, Nikto, Nikto, a reference to the sci fi movie. The day the, the earth, earth stood still. Yeah, yeah, because he's yeah, because it's Clato, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not reading that because that's French. Yeah. Uh, when dubbed in Italian, and I'll just make an art of it. When in Italian, the last words of the movie Ash says to the girl before kissing are changed from "Hail to the King, Baby" to the Italian translation of "Give me some sugar, baby." Uh. Damul un po' di zucchero, baby. These are the same words that Ash says both in the English and Italian version to Sheila before kissing her for the first time mm-hmm. and that is the end of that oh, no, the, like I said third one not so much mm-hmm. I, I, but the first two great great films and I said if, if, you know, if you've not seen them just go and watch the other two yeah. that, that, that's all you need to watch really if you love it you think oh I want to watch the first one now then watch the third one mm-hmm. uh, but I'd say you know if you, especially if you're a younger listener and you put on the first one, it might be a bit clunky and put you off. What's the second one? Because yeah. even though it's a bit clunky, it's such an amazing film, mm-hmm. such an amazing pace and everything, such a full-on experience. I like a horror film to be an experience. I don't like in passive horror films where you're just sitting there and you can read a book and look up every now and again. I want it to hold you like yeah. women do. That's, that's uh, <laughs> as you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, you've got to, you know, you can't take your eyes off the other than two, can you? Because there's so much happening at all times. Yeah, that's like The Shining. It's got the same kind of thing too. But yeah. there's a little bit of humour this which I think you'll all totally enjoy so that's the Evil Dead uh, trilogy done um, I'm starting to flag my voice it really is going at Cal so I'm going to leave this to you because I can't speak what are we doing in November and what are we doing for our Christmas special well, so people can get in touch well basically for November we're doing the best TV series ever made The Sopranos Ooh, and then in December and then in December we're having a festive edition and doing Scrooge yeah, but this can encompass a lot of different Scrooges. Oh, yes, it's we are going to cover. Well, we're going to talk about. It. We're not going to go into in depth. And no, I'll no. tell you the reason why I already started writing this one. We are going to cover every. Well, talk about the film and TV adaptions of Charles Dickens's. Not the one with Kelsey Grammer in it, because that's really. No, we're going to talk about every <laughs> single one. We're not. We're not going to go into detail. Not Hallmark. Gonna, no, we just oh, all. No. <laughs> not Hallmark you know those, movies. You know those. <laughs> I ain't talking about him. You know the Matthew of uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes watch yeah. more? They're available on DVD now. Oh. And you know the problem I have, because I play you Sherlock can, Holmes. Oh, you're going to pay good money to Hallmark Channel. The, now, I'm a Sherlock Holmes Society of London member, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every January we have the uh, meal at the House of Parliament. Yeah. Would you like to know who the guest is at this and uh, January's... Um, is it Benedict Cumberbatch? Nope, nope. Martin Freeman? A horror no. expert. Is it Kim Newman? It is indeed. Oh, <laughs> why don't you go? Uh, it's sixty-five pounds. Oh, that's why. <laughs> and uh, and I, I can't really afford Kim it. Kim Newman, the god of horror. Yeah, and it's a very nice meal to go to as well. I must admit. So anyone into that, join yeah. the Sherlock Holmes in London. So anyway, thanks everyone for joining us. We're going to be playing a few promos now. We're going to start actually in the new year uh, putting a promo at the beginning of the podcast when we start talking. It'll be a 30 second promo. The reason why we're doing this is because we have a little network going now and anyone can join in the podcast. If you are a podcaster and you want to join, get in touch with me. And um, it's yeah, a 30 second talk to me because I want to know you're talking about. about. It's a 30 second promo that's going to be in there. And of course, our promo will be played in all the other podcasts. So it's a good little bit of advertising. Uh, Jen's going to come up now, tell you a little bit about Facebook, and we'll see you in November. Bye bye. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired 
and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle on Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. This has been a Waffle on Production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly, 2012. Attention, attention! Are you a fan of MASH, one of the most groundbreaking television series in history? Then take a listen to the MASH 4077 podcast, where hosts Kenny, Simon, and Al discuss their thoughts episode by episode. They will also share with you some little-known behind-the-scenes information, trivia, and so much more. So come and find them on iTunes by searching MASH 4077 podcast or online at www.mash4077podcast.com. My name is Al. And I'm Joyce. And we're We're huge huge Disneyland Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the Disneyland Resort so much, we host a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth to share that passion with others. That's right. On our show, Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast, we share current resort news, some tips and tricks we've learned over the years to help make your Disneyland Resort vacation the most magical experience ever. We uncover little-known and often-overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures and even review the attractions and places to eat that make the Disneyland Resort so much fun. And if that wasn't enough, we even share some video episodes to help keep you in that Disney magic state of mind. If you're a longtime fan of the Disneyland Resort or you've just recently discovered the magic, this podcast is for you. You can find Tales from the Mouse House Disneyland Podcast at www. Talescast.com and in iTunes. And remember, make, make it, it a, a Mickey, Mickey day. day. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly Podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly Podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee, Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your Anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by Jewelbeat.com. 
Hi, this is Rick Moyer. And this is Amy Moyer. And we are the hosts of Taken With You. The weekly podcast where we discuss life at the geeky Moyer's home. And then we talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. Very, very positive podcast. And we think you really enjoy it. And I love Star Trek and heavy metal music. And I like Star Trek. Kind and of. heavy metal music. And I hate heavy metal music. <laughs> hate is a strong word. Oh, well, you got to understand, when you're recording... Give and, in to your hate, Amy. Yeah, when you're recording and you go over and over those loud, obnoxious riffs, you know, I mm. do not like the loud guitar. You're talking about the Perry songs that I do. Some of them I like. Give in to your hate. You've done some big band songs and some soft songs that I've liked. Yeah, well, anyway. Yeah, I just don't really like the heavy metal. Want to hear more of our banter? You can by listening to our podcast. Where can they find it? You can find it at TakeHimWithYou.com or iTunes. That's right, iTunes. Yes. So you can tune in. and But I do like some sci-fi. Amy, I'm your husband. <laughs> I like Star Trek, and I like like Babylon Five. And Make it so. Some different questions. We're going too long now. Let's too long. go okay. away. You don't know the power of the podcast. Take it with you. That was kind of like Darth Vader. <laughs> Yo, she bitch. Let's go.